0: Hello, hello, welcome to episode 27 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I'm your host, Michelle Snyder. And I
1: am Jacob
2: Maracle.
0: Ooh, and today is a special one because we have another guest with us. So say hi from your homes to Andrew Maines.
2: Hi, everyone. Oh,
0: look at that. How are you doing, Andrew? I'm
2: doing well, thanks.
0: I haven't seen you in a long time. It's good to it's good to catch up. It is,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, so full disclosure, at some point in time, I married this guy. So we're going to do our best to not bicker.
1: I still say that's rumor and innuendo because I was not invited to the wedding.
0: Uh-oh. Oh, so no. you know, I'm,
1: I'm not holding a grudge on that or anything.
0: Things but. just got super-duper awkward <laughs> in here. Um, But yeah, so we wanted to bring you along so that we have a part two episode of the Great American Read because I mean we didn't get to cover that many books last time. And we, there never, are, we never
1: get to cover a lot of books. We don't,
0: especially not the 100 right. that are that are on the list. So. Just to do a quick recap, in case people didn't hear the last episode, The Great American Read is an eight-part series that explores and celebrates the power of reading, told through the prism of America's 100 Best Loved Novels, um, which were chosen in a national survey, and this is um, through PBS, and it investigates how and why writers create their fictional worlds and how we as readers are affected by these stories. Um, And just kind of what the books have to say about our diverse nation and the whole shared human experience. So um, yeah, and the library is a part of this. We've got the books all over the place. We've got displays. There are events where people people can come
1: get the uh, have the books out there i mean that, I guess that is true i guess
0: that you could you really can't get anything by jacob don't even try uh, he's, you
1: can try all you want i'm just gonna swat it away
0: he, like. he's ahead of us but i really like the idea of this because you know it's designed to get the country reading and passionately talking about books and yes that truly is our business so we covered a bunch last time and we thought hey man Let's get another librarian in here to talk about some books that, that he me. liked, yeah? yeah? I
1: mean, it tracks. That seems like a great idea, actually. It
0: does seem like a great idea. And then we can either maybe agree with you or just literally throw things at you and tell you that your choices are garbage.
1: Personally, I kind of hope it's the latter. You think so? Yeah. It we'll probably see. will. That's
2: <laughs> oh, no? my guess. Okay.
0: But. So do you, do you want to start? Or do you want us to chat for a while while you do some, like, calisthenics or something to really prep yourself? I need a warm-up. You need a little warm-up? Yeah. Okay, he's going to do some some operatic exercise in the background. So a book that was on the list that we mentioned before, um, I think it might have been in our long reads, which was a long time ago. Um, But this is one of the, I think, best books on the list, and it is A Prayer for Owen Meany by John Irving. Do you remember, remember us discussing that? I
1: remember you talking about it, but I don't remember what the book was Well,
0: about. I think you will when I give the synopsis because you were like, what? But So it's in the summer of 1953. Two 11-year-old boys who are best friends are playing a Little League baseball game in New Hampshire, Whoa, and yeah, one of the boys yeah. hits a foul ball that the, kills the, the other boy's mother. Mu- the murder you book. You got okay. it. Yes. Um, and the boy who hits the ball, he doesn't believe in accidents, and this is Owen Meany, <sighs> and he believes that he is God's instrument um what a what a book andrea i know you have read it so we're gonna have a lot to talk about um what i really found interesting so john irving who's written how many books do you think so many
2: 27 it's less than 27 but (laughs) but it's still he's he's not a one-hit wonder uh, he's not is right here
0: what i what i I say eight eight see i would have said more than eight Let's just sit here and let's just yell numbers out. There's one thing that's that's good for
2: a podcast. It's (laughs) It's math games, let me tell you. I mean, I I can only think of four.
0: I can think of more than four. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so what I found interesting about John Irving is he always writes for all of his books the end of the novel first. Um, He says he never writes the first sentence until he knows all of the important things that are going to happen in the story and like the exact ending. So in the case of Owen Meany, he actually didn't write the first um, sentence until a year after he had started the book. Which is crazy. Yeah, I
1: mean, that's one way to do it. I wish other authors would take that advice and I mean, follow that method.
0: Yeah, and he says to him, like, the first sentence of all of his books are his favorite. And this is a quote by him saying that, I may one day write a better first sentence to a novel than that of A Prayer for Owen Meany, but I doubt it. So it's like his all-time favorite. I do have what a it? sentence. Does anybody want to hear it? Yes. You ready?
1: Let's do it.
0: Okay, so first sentence of A Prayer for Owen Meany. I am doomed to remember a boy with a wrecked voice not because of his voice or because he was the smallest person I ever knew or even because he was the instrument of my mother's death but because he is the reason I believe in God I am a Christian because of Owen Meany
1: Wait a bit no, hold on a second here. Did the foul ball hit the mom in the face? Is that who it hit? It
0: hit It hit his best friend. Yes, Owen Meany hit I, the ball, which hit his best friend's mom in the face. Oh, see,
1: I thought it just hit, like, a kid on the field. It's no, kinda, no, it so killed he, you know, his
0: s- best friend's mom. He hit a
1: foul ball and hit her. That's great. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I, I have a sick sense of humor, but if, like, I hope they never make that into a movie, because if they do, I'm going to just lose my I mind like maybe laughing. I
0: feel they maybe they did. i got to go find that.
1: I'm going to just lose my mind laughing at that stuff. I'm
0: not actually positive, but they might have. So, Andrew, we've had many discussions about Owen Meany. How do you feel about it?
2: Oh, I love that book.
0: It's so good, right? It really
2: is. It's been a long time since I read it, but as you know, I am a slow reader, and (laughs) I...
0: It takes him a hot minute to get through something.
1: I hear there's a movie version of it. Now, I don't know where I heard that, but there's I thought we just
0: said there wasn't.
1: Is that... Whoa, really? I I don't know. It's rumors and innuendo. I'm not going
2: to say...
0: Did you look something up when I wasn't paying attention? No... Okay, well, I'm really not sure if there is, but... um,
2: What I do love about John Irving books is he has consistent themes throughout all of them. So there's always bears, there's always wrestling, Mm -hmm. and there's always one other thing. Baseball? Yeah. No, no.
0: Wait, so there is bears and wrestling in this book that I don't remember? Yes. Really? I remember an armadillo.
2: World According to (laughs) Garp has the same thing. Cider House Rules has the same thing.
0: World According to Garp has one of the most horrifying scenes in literature that we're not going to discuss on the air. But, Jacob, I cannot wait to tell you when we're off just to see your face. It's
2: even better in the movie.
1: The more I hear about, like, old school books, I'm, like, amazed at some of the content that are in them. Like, like that was really what was going on? You hear, like, a book written, like, 100 years ago. And you're like, it's going to be boring. There's not going to be anything interesting. And then you're like, nope, fou- I mean, foul ball to the face. I
0: mean, to John Irving, he wasn't that old. When, when do you think Irv- this was written? Like, 80s?
2: Oh. Means? I, I'm looking at you. Yeah. Uh, really? Mid to late 80s. Yeah. So. I,
0: have,
1: I have no context on John Irving. I thought he yeah, was. Yeah, don't like... even worry
0: about that. But anyway, the the library does do a book club called Literally Speaking, um, where anyone can come down at lunchtime from 12 to 1 and talk about it. And we are doing a prayer for Owen Mean on November 20th, so people should come. But anyway, we're going to move it along. Andrew, tell us about a book on the Great American Read that people should read.
2: The next one on the list that. I'm going to mention is The Grapes of Wrath. Uh, I read that mm. as an adult. And, uh, I mean, it was a, a huge, came out in it was April of 1939. Within a year, it sold almost half a million copies.
0: Really? Yeah. Like, is that, that's worthy of that? Like, it, it's that good?
2: It won the National Book Award. It won the Pulitzer Prize. And it was the primary book that was cited when uh, Steinbeck won his... Uh, Nobel Prize in the 60s. Huh. What, what is
1: The Grapes of Wrath about? Because, you know,
2: obviously when yeah. I
1: hear it, I think it's just about like a fruit war.
0: Oh, my with God. With
2: Spears and is stuff. It's so. a
0: depression book, right?
2: It is about the depression during the Dust Bowl. and uh, <laughs> They
0: probably had no fruit, though, in all fairness, Jacob.
2: Well, see, there you go.
1: It's a terrible time a, it's, a, it's, a misle- it's a misleading title.
0: <laughs> okay, so.
2: And uh, families moving from the Dust Bowl over to California. Mm-hmm. But what really got me to start reading the book, uh, it was actually, I found out that it was actually banned by the Buffalo Public Library.
0: Time out? What?
2: Yeah. Uh, the libra- head librarian at the time, Alexander Galt, felt that the book was too vulgar.
0: Wow. And eventually
2: came out a few weeks after that, came out and said that uh, he felt everyone should read it, especially the rich, to find out how the other half lived.
0: Ooh. But it
2: was too... It was just too vulgar for the library to have
0: wow i wonder how long before we carried it
2: by by the time the movie came out in 1940 the john ford henry fonda movie okay uh we did have it but it was on reserve you had to ask for it specifically it wasn't on the regular look at
0: that a little hint of local history yeah that's very interesting it was
2: it was a, a huge deal there was actors writing here complaining uh American Library Association had articles about us banning the book. It was it's a big national deal. We've
0: come a long way, everybody.
2: We really have.
0: We've got it all now. <laughs> you don't
2: have to worry about that anymore.
1: Yeah, don't worry about us banning books at the Buffalo Library. We, we got rid of that whole practice. We're out of that business now.
0: I mean, it's super common, though, was banned all over. I mean, just the practice. There are so many. I meant to actually count how many books on this list have been school banned books. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a ton of them. There's at least like a dozen I can see mm-hmm. here. So that's pretty common. Um, have you read East of Eden? I did not. Okay, because I was going to ask which is better because I really loved that book so much, and I'm not sure why I've been hesitant to read other Steinbeck. So, But The I, Grapes of Wrath, I guess, just didn't sound that interesting.
2: And it's such a huge cultural influence. I mean, Bruce Springsteen uh, has songs about it. There's the movie, which was huge. I mean, John Ford directing the movie, it's such a, a huge... American okay. Touchstone.
1: Some week we're going to have to t- do a whole podcast about him because, you know, depending on who you talk to, he's looked at as like the greatest American director of all time. With like oh, yeah. movies like The um, who, Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, there was High Noon back yeah, in the day. Yeah,
0: that's a great movie too. I mean,
1: if you don't like westerns, you're probably not going to be a huge John Ford fan, but I feel like he's an but important so. part of cinema history.
2: Didn't like he do The Lost Weekend, too? I believe he did, yes. That's the furthest thing from a Western, as you can... <laughs> he,
0: branched, he, he really branched I mean, out.
1: They asked uh, Orson Welles who his favorite director was, and his response was John Ford, John Ford, and John Ford. So oh, top I, three. That's a hook that's that's of a... Uh, maybe he bought him version. dinner.
0: It's pretty impressive. <laughs> Ouch! Z- okay, so enough of that. Jacob... What do you got from the list?
1: You know, I'm just gonna go ahead and get the elephant in the room out of the way. I'm gonna go Game of Thrones on this one. The my personal odds on favorite to win the great American the great dun, North
0: American dun, dun, dun. read.
2: You have a lot yeah. more confidence in the voters than I do.
1: Really, I do. I just think that it's like the one with the biggest name recognition. Like it has people are going to name
0: f- recognition, but they're not the best books. No, they're, they're not. They're just not the best books on that list. Oh, they're Th-
2: excellent books.
1: This is a voting. This is based on voting, as we all know. If you think that like being the best book has
2: anything to do. with Okay, okay, them.
0: okay. But. Yes, it is voting, but it's not...
2: We know people don't turn out to the polls.
0: It's not the best (laughs) sci-fi book compared to Dune, and it's not the best fantasy book compared to Lord of the Rings. Yes, but it's... it's great, and it's super entertaining. It would win maybe best TV show.
1: Well, that's the thing. It's a better... Piece of media entertainment in general than both of those things. Like Dune. When's the last that movie came out in the like mid '80s? Oh,
0: I'm gonna talk about Dune later in the episode. Right, well, so why don't you just pump your we'll brakes right that. there?
1: But you know, I don't got to explain what Game of Thrones is about. Everybody knows what it's about.
0: I mean, not everybody.
1: Well, if you don't, you need to get you need to get on that think HBO it's li- train.
0: It's, there's some people it might be a little too violent for.
1: Really? Well, I, I mean, you say it's so. a
0: pretty violent show. I, yeah, I.
1: That's one of the two things people know about it. There's dragons and violence, and you know.
0: It really is fantastic, though. People are missing out if they're not watching it. it yeah, I didn't or, know anything about it. too reading it, too. I mean, Re- yeah, it's, reading not it. just,
2: it's not just about the show.
0: No, of course. I mean, obviously, it's a great American read. And when we had watched the PBS introduction to this and they had George R.R. R. Martin on, um, which was amazing. I can't remember. Did we talk about how he had said his choice, if he was going to pick one of the books to vote for for Best American Read, it would be um, The Lord of the Rings. Yeah I think
1: we did we mentioned that a little bit.
0: Yeah and that he you know it looks like so many of his kind of ideas you know for for Game of Thrones came from that where he was like oh in Lord of the Rings when Gandalf died it really like blew my mind that a main character could die and in that moment I realized like oh yeah main characters can die and Andrew and I were like no, this is what happened.
1: Well, well, he certainly took that idea and ran with it with a oh, spoiler yeah. alert there. but
2: He, he I, embraces it. I think that's so one much. of the
1: things he said was when he wrote, came went out and read it, he wanted to do everything that was like the opposite of uh, what Lord of the Rings did, you know, be a darker, more serious version of it, which, you know, he definitely succeeded. Less yeah,
0: friendship. Sure. There's less friendship in Game of Thrones than there <laughs> is in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> There's only...
1: So- <laughs> but you know what? One of the friends is named Sam, so, you know, take from that what you will. That's true.
0: I don't know. What am I taking from that?
1: Sam and Sam seems to just be, if your name's Sam, you're going to be a good guy in uh, George R. 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 Martin and J.D. Uh, G- oh, Toga.
0: right. Yeah, Sam. Samwell. Yeah,
1: Sam and John. Best bros, man. <laughs> North, <laughs> North bros. Wow. So, yeah, go check out the Game of Thrones book. It's awesome.
0: Andrew, you think it has a chance of winning? Maybe.
2: Um... I think it should. It should at least, at the very least, rank high on the list. Well, are but, you guys
0: voting? You know, you can go online and vote. I don't know if you remember Meredith Vieira telling you. Oh, that's right. You can go to PBS.org, and you don't have to that. vote for one book. You could vote for a bunch of them.
1: Meredith Vieira of, um, you know, The View. As we all know. I don't yeah. know what and she's on. And I think on.
2: previously to that, Good Morning America. I think she's still on Good Morning America. I, just, I couldn't remember. I'm like, oh, I man, I said
1: too, something and panicked.
0: You guys, who cares about Meredith Vieira right now? I'm just saying. Look, she said she, it a lot on the episode.
1: Well, she was telling us stuff for The Great American Read, so, you know.
0: Okay. I better, vote ahead. early, vote often. This is why, I don't, you know, having two two male guest stars is very, it's very stressful here. Anyway, we're going to move on to another book. And I'm going to say this is a a strong woman character book. We've also mentioned this before. Again, it might have been in our long reads. I think books that are huge really make this list, as I'm seeing, like, the stand on there by Stephen King. Um, so Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. There's been negative press, but it's crazy. So this book was the fourth and final novel of Ayn Rand. Um, it was also her longest. I don't even have a guess at the pages at this point. They're like tissue paper thin. There's just so many of them. Um, but she considered this to be her magnum opus um, in the realm of fiction writing. So the book depicts like a dystopian United States in which private businesses suffer under increasingly burdensome like laws and regulations. And the main character is Dagny Taggart, who's a railroad executive. And then the other main character is a steel magnate, Hank Reardon, and it's kind of their struggle against looters who want to exploit their productivity, including her brother and um, Hank Reardon's wife. And there is a mysterious figure that enters into all of it, this John Galt, who is convincing other business leaders to abandon their companies and disappear.
2: So so who is John Galt?
0: Exactly. (laughs) It's like a tagline um, of the book is, who is this John Galt? and again this book became really political it became like a very if you're on the right or it was tea party actually like then you love this book well
1: tea party or libertarian either one
0: which i i mean i don't really agree with like she has her views but all in all it is very clear that it is like a like a sci-fi novel where they're very caricatures they're not you know it is simply a story. I don't feel like it was meant to be followed completely, but it was, you know, Ayn Rand wanted to show how desperately the world really needed, like, the movers and shakers and how viciously, you know, some people are treated um, and to portray what happens in a world without those kind of people. So, you know, her, her kind of thought was, what if, like, I went on strike? What if all the creative minds in the world went on strike? You know, what would sort of happen...
1: Today. I am you guys can't see it I am giving the Michelle the death stare of like, Ugh, like Meshug, and Rand but why I mean
0: Ma. the the bad guys in the book are the corrupt businessmen and the whole point of the book is that money does not equal worth this right. is these are very general I mean Andrew you've read the book tell us what you think I,
2: I loved the book it was uh, it's fun listening to what you have to say because uh, a lot of that. either forgot or didn't think of that way
0: how can you forget all those words the only real flaw i'll give the book is at the end this um another main character i won't even say who says it but he he delivers a monologue in the book and uh it's like 30 pages or something Mm -hmm. like i remember i had my dad read it and then he called me he's like hon i love this book but when will this guy's monologue end? Like, how much longer do I have to go? It is is—it is really arduous. So 30
1: pages. That's not a monologue. That is a short story. It really right that is good. unnecessary. You know, it might, might be a little jaded because I know that, uh, I don't know whether it's the Fountainhead or Atlas Shrug, because really, what's the difference? But I know Zach. So
0: much, you little hater. But
1: I know Zack Snyder is... Uh, making oh, those into a big-budget movie next. And I'm like, oh, Zack Snyder's making it? It's probably not that deep of a subject matter. It's going to be a terrible movie.
2: Jacob, they who make, judges these things? Didn't they just things? remake them? Did they, they did they make a make them two-part them
0: a Atlas Shrugged movie, like a TV movie, that like, did unbelievably terribly. Real bad. So, <laughs> like, I don't know.
1: Where are all those creative people Why don't you just read it?
0: the book and exactly. then come give me your lip about it? I uh, mean, you have a lot to say for something you never checked out.
1: I don't need to read it. So I, why? But I'm telling I,
0: you, you don't you don't value my opinion at all. and I'm telling you it's one of the greatest things I've ever read in my life.
1: There's nothing I value more than your opinion. But I also Wait, know that no. I remember when I was in high school and there were 15 year old girls telling me that Atlas Shrugged is such an, a transformative book and I should read it. So I've always held that against air. it as well.
0: Stuff. So <laughs> it is transformative though, and I will say that as a younger person who read it, I did at that point be like, oh, this is. I feel like this is a life changing book. I'm looking at things differently. Anyway, you guys are. All right, Andrew, what do you got for us? The next, which I don't think,
2: unfortunately, is going to do very well in the voting, is uh, the Joy Luck Club.
0: Oh, you love that book! I you really, really <laughs> do. About, actually, every time it gets mentioned, you always get this like look on your face. It's just like pure elation.
2: I read it in college for a class, and I absolutely loved this book. It's uh, what's si- it about? Sixteen stories divided into four sections and it deals with the life and interactions with four Chinese born mothers mm-hmm. and their four American born daughters.
0: It doesn't seem like something that you would relate to. So why do you love it so much?
2: It's it's a it's funny, it's poignant the interactions between the mothers and the daughters, if you want to get really deep, the difference between a high context culture and a low context culture. So Asian countries are generally high context cultures where they believe there's a lot of things that are just innately known. Okay. And once you start something, you can't finish it regardless of how you feel. So like you had mentioned living in Japan, there'd be people who would, there'd be someone laying in the street and people would just walk by. That's high context because if you go to help them, you have to stay with them until completion. Oh, until
0: they're, wait. So when they were, you're telling me like, um, so Jacob, if you don't know, Saturday mornings when I lived in Japan um, or late Friday nights, there'd be a lot of businessmen in their nice suits with their briefcases, just sleeping on sidewalks and in parks all over because they got drunk sure and that's just like acceptable they lay down and nobody sometimes they get pickpocketed but for the most part people don't look at them there's no laughing about them they're just hardworking man who had a lot to drink and they were
1: they were hitting that karaoke hard man
0: that's exactly it but you're telling me it's not it wasn't out of respect that they were mostly leaving them it was because they would have had to see it through
2: all the way through Oh, that's regard, or even the times you've talked about people helping you find things and they walk you all the way there they did. that's because it's a high context culture the United States on the other hand and probably most Western culture is a low context where things aren't we do more teaching we do more explaining we do we want to teach people how to do what we expect right or wrong but what we expect mm-hmm. so the difference between the daughters who are born in the United States and raised in a, a low culture or a low-context culture, and the mothers who were raised in a high-context culture, they don't understand each other. Okay. So the mothers are constantly thinking that their daughters should act differently because they should just know.
0: Which is like a common immigrant, I think, story of kids that are raised in the U.S. versus their immigrant parents. Right. Um, I do remember seeing the movie. I don't remember what it was about. I only remember that I really loved it at the time. Yeah, so. I
1: remember the movie being a big deal when it came out. Like It yeah. used to be one of those ones like an HBO when I was a kid, they would be like, all, all every week, this week, the Joy Luck Club.
2: Yeah. Right. And the Joy Luck Club is actually the name of their mahjong Club that meets weekly. Because even though it's the story of four mothers, the one mother is already dead when the story starts. And oh, her okay. daughter is taking her place in the mahjong. Okay. okay. Mahjong's really fun by the way. If you
1: guys never played it, it's actually a very fun game. I, and I take play it, it on my serious. phone.
0: I have an app. <laughs> I have a app so. People
1: get serious with that. It's a that's a serious thing over there.
0: Well, that book's been around for a while. I've heard such great things, so I think it is close to a lot of people's hearts. So it might stand a chance. Come yeah. grab it at the library. I'm definitely it, it's on my list. I'm gonna read it very soon. Yeah.
2: Amy Tan, great writer. Yeah.
0: I've very. always heard that.
2: I was going to say underrated. Maybe that's the wrong word. but They're
0: like, no, we're throwing awards at her. We know. <laughs> All right. Okay, cool. So, Jacob, what else?
1: You know, I'm going to go with one that's got uh, some movie connections because, you know, that's my main area of expertise. I'm going to go with The Outsiders by S.E.
0: Oh, boy. So Andrew, you're gonna, it's like you're going to start salivating. I so, don't know anyone that loves it more.
1: Oh, good. Then you can handle the book uh, the book half because I've read the book, but it's been a while. But I did see the movie more recently.
0: We yeah. did, too. The movie's yeah. pretty
1: fun. It's the only time you're ever going to hear the words starring Matt Dillon, co-starring Tom Cruise. It's yeah. the only time that's going to pop up.
0: That's true. There are just so many guys in that movie that became superstars. It's kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, pretty much everyone in that movie got, became big
0: so how S. E. Hinton? How young was she when she wrote that? Wait, Six. hold on.
1: S. E. Hinton's a lady. See, yeah. I just got Harper Lee yes, again. Didn't I, no, didn't know? I didn't know. Su- well, Susan. that's that's
0: part of the reason that they did the initials because they didn't want people to know it was a woman. Because oh. you know we're garbage. So apparently. wait a minute. What's her
1: what's her real name? Susie. Oh. Well, yeah, that would have been pretty obvious then at that point. See, you're learning something And new. she
0: was friends with, like, all those dudes eventually because, so, ho- wait, how old was she, Andrew?
2: She was 16 when it was published. Yeah, she,
0: like, just wow. wrote that in high school.
1: You're, like, blowing my mind with, Yeah, you know it amazing. And, Andrew, go into the book a little bit. I got to, like, I got to take a minute. I got to <laughs> settle myself here with all this new information and stuff.
2: From what I remember, the book and the movie are pretty accurate, but it's the story of uh, the Greasers and the socias
0: So the rich and the poor. But, yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, in Oklahoma and
1: the T-Birds and whatever that other gang grease was that I don't remember off the top.
0: Exactly, and then what?
1: Jets and the Sharks. The
0: Jets, exactly. There's always the two sides, right?
1: But yeah, it's like the story of you know kids on the other side of the tracks, you know the, how it's working against them, you know whether up. It's a nature versus nurture kind of thing going on there. Like if you can overcome your um, upbringing and stuff, or if you're always kind of stuck in one position.
0: So what do you guys love about it? Like I really enjoyed the book when I was young, and I liked the movie, but I definitely feel it affects young men in a different way than women. At least that's just in my opinion. There also weren't many women characters for me to identify with. Right.
2: There's really only Cherry.
0: Yeah. So do you think that had you not read it as a kid and maybe read it as an adult, do you think you would have identified with it the same way? Do you think you'd love it the same way that you do? Or was it because of the specific time period?
2: probably the specific time period i haven't read it in probably 20 years yeah but the movie will always have a special place in my heart but there's definitely some parts well there's now there's the new director's cut of it where they added francis ford coppola went back and added some scenes that weren't in the original movie that don't hold up well
0: i love that things get cut but someone just saves them forever because they're like i hate cutting
1: there's a possibility that somebody's going to want to see a longer, more boring version of this yeah, movie at like some point.
0: Totally.
1: <laughs> I remember when the first Blade Runner, they were like, directors, cut a Blade Runner. I'm like, no, this yeah. boring movie cannot possibly be any longer. I think,
0: though, but yeah. we're in, we're all mm-hmm. not in the majority of not loving Blade Runner.
1: Well, I don't know about that. I mean, the new one's good, but that first one, it's a I even little thought,
0: I even thought the new one was average.
2: Yeah, I really wanted to be blown away by the new one. It, it was, was
0: visually sh- stunning, but oh, yeah. I, I did find it a little... A little boring. Yeah. A little snoozy,
1: but... It's a Ridley Scott
2: for you.
0: Anyway, okay. I, I
2: love Ridley Scott. The older I get, the more I see by him, I realize I just don't... I think
0: he's just hit or miss. Like, yeah. I think he has some absolutely genius gems out there. But, it, you know, you can't... Every one of them can't be perfect.
1: This isn't, on the, this isn't on the read list, but like, bomb, Body of Lies. Like, that was a really good movie, and everybody... Nobody paid attention to it, but it's in one of the Lost DiCaprio movies. It's one worth going to check out.
0: No, I've seen it. I'm not familiar with that. Oh, I've seen pretty much all DiCaprio that I can. Even Um, Growing Pains? Yes, of course I've seen Growing Pains. Come on now. Um, Okay, so we're running out of time. As always, I have a bunch more books that I want to talk about. I really wanted to talk about Lonesome Dove because I can't believe that I read a Western and loved it but I don't feel that we're really going to have time. So.
1: Starring the Canadian version, Brett the Hitman Hart former World Wrestling
2: Federation. I don't know anything that, that you're saying but Brett's that's probably because it's oh yeah. worthless. Wow.
0: Are we good? <laughs> can we can we move on to what I the will talk really about? The
2: really pushed a lot of wrestlers getting into acting. Sorry. Go don't.
0: On. <laughs> you have to live with me. Don't start talking about wrestling. I do not tolerate <laughs> yeah. it. But I did, since we brought up Dune before and it's on the list, I want to talk about it by Frank Herbert so i think a lot of people know about dune Um, it's such a huge sci-fi book it's set in a distant future amidst a feudal interstellar society um, in which there's noble houses and they control individual planets and then everyone owes allegiance to an emperor and in dune it's the story of like this young man whose noble family accepts the stewardship of this desert planet arrakis and this is the uh, planet has the only source of this specific spice, which is the most important and valuable substance in the universe.
2: Isn't it a drug? Isn't that why they want it so bad? Isn't like the it. The it's like it is, of, but it isn't.
0: Yeah, right? it is. It is, but it isn't. Is a good way to explain it. But it kind of like the story goes into multi-layered interactions of mm. politics, religion, technology. I don't know human emotion factions of the empire that kind of confront each other in this struggle to own the planet of arrakis and its bite and its spice so it's he's hugely popular book it has stood the test of time which amazing is that when it first came out when he first wrote it publishers rejected the novel 23 times Um, and even his own agents were like this no good (laughs) like not a good book
2: was it serialized and published by like uh Chilton's or
0: absolutely so when it eventually did get picked up, it yeah, it was picked up by Chilton's who that that's the publisher who makes the car manuals,
2: which we have here at the library. Yeah,
0: we sure do. We have all the Chilton's, um, but yeah, so since then, I mean, it's sold upward of like 20 million copies, it's been printed in in dozens of languages. And then the best of all, so it was made into a film which did not do very well,
1: did terribly, actually, big disaster. But what people
0: don't know is the movie it almost was. And I cannot recommend this documentary enough. It's called um, Yodorowsky's Dune. Have you ever heard of this, Jacob? No, I haven't. Okay, so what you need to know is that Alejandro Yodorowsky, that crazy director, you've seen, he's got like the weirdest. Holy Mountain. films out there. He's like, that dude's off the map. But he was supposed to do the film and his whole vision was he wanted to do a movie that would give people who took lsd at the time the hallucinations that you get with the drug but without hallucinating well that's his vision
1: he succeeded very well with that um you'll be happy to know there's actually a new movie on the way um, of
0: Dune? I yeah, have heard that. By
1: uh, Denis Villeneuve, the guy behind Sicario oh, and yeah, uh, Arrival. Later. Oh, wow. like He's the one working on it now, so you know, he should have high hopes for it. They might actually make it good.
0: I mean, but Yodorowski had Salvador Dali starring in it, along with Mick Jagger, Marlon Brando, and Pink Floyd was doing the soundtrack. So that...
1: Whoa, Steve, I don't <laughs> that know. That would have
0: been a film. <laughs> that
1: would have been a film, I'll tell you that much. It would have been something. I don't know if you it would have, have been a you have to watch
0: something. that documentary with I him so talking good. about it. I it, think I will,
2: actually. I'm surprised Bowie wasn't part of his crew. Yeah.
0: yeah. That,
1: that seems like, a, yeah, he seems like he would have fit perfectly right in there. Yeah, I mean, that would have made sense. If we're going to use Mick Jagger, you know, why not actually get a singer who can act?
0: All right. Yeah. You tr- know
2: what happens when you put Mick and Dave together.
0: Oh my gosh, that video! I'm gonna go watch that immediately. That's my favorite, I think, music video of all time. The two of them dancing in, in the, the street. street. Yeah, it's really terrible. We can probably squeeze out one more, Andrew. One more from the list. What do you think?
2: I'm gonna say Zora Neale Hurston's "Their Eyes Were Watching God." It's published okay. in 1937. Uh, she published her first three novels when in the during the 30s, but uh, she'd written. Their Eyes Were Watching God when she was on a Guggenheim uh, fellowship down in Haiti doing research. She was originally an anthropologist and a folklorist, but she wrote the book. It's the story of uh, Janie Crawford that she's telling to a friend of hers, and it focuses on three separate periods of her life and her relationships with three separate men, very, very different men.
0: I've always heard of the book. I mean, it comes up on lists, like must-read lists all of the time, but I just wasn't sure why or that I'd be into it.
1: Yeah, I never even really knew what it was about, so that's that's a good thing to know now.
2: And at the time, a lot of people, a lot of reviewers, really praised her use of language in the book and the idiomatic speech they were saying. Okay. But then there was a lot of popular African-American authors at the time that really were not happy with what... She had written and how she was portraying oh like the dialect yeah the dialect okay and, uh, they felt that she wasn't i think it was richard wright said uh in his review that she wasn't doing anything to further the cause of african americans at the time
0: okay but she was like i'm keeping this authentic of what i saw yes and heard yes okay but worth checking out uh, definitely
2: it it takes some time to get used to how it's written and the dialect that the characters are using yeah but she was an anthropologist and uh she felt that was really the most important part of okay. of it they See, probably I, should have
1: done like a clockwork orange with that kind of thing where they like you know put like the little dictionary of terms at the back of the book so you know what they're talking about when well, you're a little confused
2: once you're reading it it really starts to flow if you it's get the into kind the of thing of right if you're trying to read a page or two a night before bed you're never gonna you're never gonna get the flow
0: yeah Okay, well, I'll I'll check it out.
2: And she also, uh, she's been dead for since the sixties, but uh, there was a book she was working on that was just published. That it was another one that publishers didn't want to touch because they wanted her to change the dialect. And she she wouldn't, wouldn't. Yeah,
0: but they're publishing it now. They're
2: publishing it now. Cool. She
0: just had to be dead to never know, right? That this right. So just so had to wait nice. for that copyright. They to love to, They love to do that. All right. Um, we're we're done. Uh, we we don't have more to talk about. I always talk, so much
1: time we run out. Of. I
0: didn't get to talk about uh. *Clan of the Cave Bear*. I didn't get to mention *1984*, one of my favorite does books this, of all time. Is me?
1: We're coming back for? Episode? I don't I think agree. so. I
0: don't think that we can. I think we're gonna move it along. But Fine. can I ask you guys? I'm doing it, and even though I hate to do it. Because I hate choosing one thing on a list always, but because only one can win, I'm going to ask you guys, what is your vote? What are you, and it's not like what you think will win, what do you want to win on this list?
1: I am actually going to throw one we didn't get a chance to talk to. I'm going Pillars of the Earth. I love that book. I hope Pillars of the Earth pulls off the big upset. here. I wish we could
0: talk about it more. Isn't that right? Mr. Mains I've been telling this guy to read this book.
2: Oh, you never read it before? For a never decade, he won't oh, read it. Oh, it. oh, it's so good! It's so this, good. At this point, it's just out of spite.
0: It really <laughs> is just to make me crazy. You know what? You don't need to read it. We can all enjoy it on our own. It is okay. such
2: a fabulous book. I hope it wins. Go vote for Pillars of the Earth, people. Okay. Catcher in the Rye. What? Yeah, Catcher That's in the Rye. That's your ride. pick. That's that would be my number one pick.
0: That's your favorite out of this whole list.
2: Out of this whole list, yeah.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. I did That's not a, see that su- coming.
1: Surprise entry
2: there.
0: And okay, I have so many that are like my favorite, but if I'm like the one that I've read the most and that I think is the most impactful, maybe this makes me an adolescent, but I'm going with Harry Potter. Okay. Going with the Harry Potter series.
2: I thought you were going Flowers in the Attic with that. But Stop okay. it.
0: Flowers in the Attic <laughs> is very important, but no, not my pick. So those are our votes. Everybody get their vote out. and
2: Vote early, vote often.
0: That's it. So um, you can always email us. Jacob, do the bits.
1: And, yeah, you can send your emails to allbookedapp.com. Allbookedep-ep. Well, you can send your emails to up at buffalolib.org. You can also find our show available now for free on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Coming to Google Play soon. So, you know, check it out. So rate, subscribe, you know, tell your friends and everything. So check it out, everybody.
0: Okay, and then some little, we like to add little facts at the end to just, like, blow your minds. But how do you guys feel about the smell of old books?
2: Uh, no, so, oh. Oh, I love it.
0: Exactly, right? Most people do Jacob of, you know, the smell <laughs> of dust and history, but it actually has a name for it. It's called Bibliosmia. That is the love of the smell of old books. That's oh. an actual thing.
1: Okay. Okay. Right? The biblio makes sense.
0: All right, thanks, Jacob, for telling them it's okay. And then I'm going to ask you guys a question. Andrew, I might have already asked you this, so don't answer. But Jacob, what are the three most read books in the world?
1: Oh, man. I'm going to go with the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Let's go um, with Hamlet and um one, oh, my God. It's like the Buddhist like, prayer book or whatever.
0: I don't know what it is. Your choices are garbage. Um, but it is the Holy Bible, quotations from Chairman Mao Zedong, oh, God. and Harry Potter. Really? <laughs> the three, that's what That's what this website of oh, has told me. Oh. So there it is.
2: I would have put the Quran in there.
0: But... I would have now as I'm saying it, I'm like, there's like so many Muslims, but I don't know what to tell you. Okay, so that's our episode. Thanks so much for joining us. Andrew, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Okay, you guys, and we'll catch you next time. Bye.